happen to like New York. I happen to like this town. I like the city air. I like to drink of it. The more I know New York, the more I think of it. I like the sight and the sound and even the stink of it. I happen to like New York. I like to go to Battery Park and watch those liners booming in. I often ask myself, why should it be? They should come so far from across the sea. I suppose it's because they all agree with me. They happen to like New York. And here we go. Another edition of the newly named Jamal About Music on a Saturday, April 4th, 2020, kicking off the show, Bobby Short, live from Cafe Carlisle with his classic, I Happen to Like New York. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. A lot, <laughs> as we are in, I don't, who knows now what day of uh, quasi-lockdown that we're in, but um, born and raised, essentially, in New York my entire life. Uh, minus five years in the great state of Maryland when I was there for college. And, um, you know, it's a tough town at times. Uh, it's also obviously a great place to be. Um, and I will admit, as I've gotten older, there are certain parts and elements to New York that um, I found not particularly charming, not particularly enjoyable. Crowded subways, traffic, noise. Um, and I'll tell you, <laughs> I'd, I'd give anything to go back to those things, uh, tomorrow if we could. Uh, I know it's trite and cliche to say that something like what we're experiencing here, uh, gives one perspective, but oftentimes cliches are there for a reason. They're true. And, um, certainly I, I hope that once we, we get past this, that um, those... And, and look, it, it, it's not as if one isn't allowed to be annoyed by certain things, right? Um, but maybe just less so moving forward and not, you know, putting as much importance on those things and, and focusing on, on the good and not so much the bad. So anyway, all right. Going to do a show today. The theme is spinoffs. So either artists or, or bands that were once in uh, another band. Um, and, um, you know, for whatever reason, I mean, well, I, you would say that in a couple of these instances, the spinoff became more successful and more popular than, than the original. And probably the first band that we're going to do that with, its first two bands, is true of, would be Joy Division and then New Order, right? So the history behind Joy Division, two teenage friends, Bernard Sumner and Peter Hook, Peter Hook being the bassist, Bernard Sumner, the guitarist formed a band called Joy Division with their another friend of theirs, Ian Curtis. They all grew up in Manchester in this early to mid-70s. Uh, I made mention of this on the show last week. Um... They met, they, they saw the Sex Pistols at the Manchester Free Trade Hall in, I think, 1975, I want to say. Uh, as I mentioned last week, other famous musicians and, and singers were also at that show. Morrissey, Johnny Marr, um, to name just a couple. And um, 
formed a band together called Joy Division. And uh, essentially, not necessarily the eve, but right before they, you know, they, they gained some popularity in, in England uh, and Europe, and then were about to embark on their first ever U.S. tour, which for any band is an enormous milestone in their career, particularly one that's starting out. And uh, tragically and sadly, Ian Curtis committed suicide. And so the band was obviously left with, you know, heartbroken. They were all really good friends. Um, but then also the practical decision in question as to what to do. Uh, and they, Bernard Sumner decided, that it was voted that Bernard Sumner would take over as lead singer. Very different voices, which you'll hear in a second. Ian Curtis and the sound of the two bands extremely different too, particularly over the years. Early New Order mirrored some Joy Division, particularly the raw sound of it, then became much more synthesizer and keyboard driven. Um, and then just their two voices are completely different, which you'll hear in a minute as I play a song from each band. Um, and so they decided that Bernard would be, uh, or Barney, as he was known by, as he's known by his uh, his bandmates and friends. Although he and Peter Hook can't stand each other anymore. And if you're a fan of of either of those two bands, Peter Hook has two great books out: one about Joy Division and one about New Order. Uh, Unknown Pleasures, I think, is one. And I forget how. Ah, boy, I can't believe I'm forgetting the name of the the new the New Order book. The Joy Division book is called Unknown Pleasures. Now I can't, which was the name one of their albums. Can't remember the name of the Joy Division, uh, the New Order book, but tr tremendous. Just look it up on you know the web or Amazon or whatever. Just do New Order Peter Hook book, and you'll find it. Um, but so yeah, Sumner became the lead singer. Um, Stephen Morris was their drummer, and then his girlfriend Jillian Gilbert, who was uh, who later became his wife, who kind of just hung around the band, became the keyboard player. Although if you read the 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 New Order book by Peter Hook. Um, most of what you hear on New Order, at least albums, was not really Jillian Gilbert so much as it was Bernard Sumner. And it's interesting, Peter Hook, although he has a personal dislike now for Bernard Sumner after all these years, uh, gives him lots of props in the book as far as being uh, a very talented, you know, not just singer uh, and guitar player, but arranger, producer. Um, you know, he they were sort of at the forefront of a lot of the electronic um, innovations that came along the way in music. So um, if you're into that kind of stuff, it's it's an excellent read. So, you know, it's interesting. The Probably the most famous song by Joy Division, and certainly it was their most popular song, was Love Will Tear Us Apart. Um, and it's certainly a, a, a great song. Um, but I am going to play you my favorite song by uh, Joy Division, which is called Transmission, and here it is.
right, again, transmission from Joy Division. So you hear the vocals there of Ian Curtis, right? Deep, dark, haunting. Um, and now you'll hear a very different sound um, from New Order and, and Bernard Sumner. And that, you know, you can hear that, that bass line that starts out. That song, that's obviously all Peter Hook and then the guitar with Sumner there kicking in, it's just, to me, just a great song. Love it for working out. Love it for, for running. Um, and so, you know, it's interesting. I'm thinking about what would be a good sort of transition to show kind of the contrast between the two bands again early new order a little bit more similar to um joy division but then as they got uh further along uh more of a departure in, in the sound so we are going to play from the low life album perfect kiss and here it is
And there you go, the perfect kiss by New Order off the Low Life album. So one of the things that, you know, I played that song obviously for a couple of reasons, right? To try to display the contrast between the New Order sound and the Joy Division sound. Um, and then also, I mean, listen, you can hear it, right? Lots of heavy synthesizer, you know, highly engineered, highly produced, right? Electronic drums. Um, but what I love about that song at the end, I'd say probably the last 40 seconds or so, is you can very, it's very, you can hear Peter Hook's bass line in conjunction with the keyboard slash synthesizer, and then Bernard Sumner comes in with a guitar at the end. It's 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 just a phenomenal melding of, of three different sounds. Just just absolutely love it. So I would say that in the alternative music world, you know, that's probably New Order is probably the most famous of the quote unquote spinoff bands. Um, you know, obviously we're around a lot longer, made a lot more music than Joy Division. Um, but uh, two of my favorite bands of all time, uh, certainly Desert Island stuff. If, if I had to pick probably a Desert Island album, New Order Substance would probably be it just because it's, it's a double album. It's got, you know, uh, tons of songs. A lot of them are remakes. And actually the reason for, the reason that album was actually... Uh, made was because um, Tony Wilson, who was their manager, uh, this was probably, the, well, the album came out in 1987. It was called Substance 1987. Uh, had bought a new Jaguar and had had a, one of the very first CD players ever installed. And he wanted to hear uh, a lot of New Water music. So he had, uh, they made that uh, album. Um, for instance, Perfect Kiss is one of the songs on uh, substance. It's a longer version. Uh, absolutely fantastic. But in any event, so um, that's those are bands one and two on, on the hit parade. Uh, number two is going to be the Talking Heads or Talking Heads. I think there's no the in front of it. Um, and then Tom Tom Club. So you know, listen, David Byrne, prior to all this, you know, had a Broadway show. The guy's, you know, been uh, one of the more creative musical influences in the last 40 years, right? Talking Heads probably came out, what was their first album, 77, maybe before that even. Um, so, uh, you know, been around forever. David Byrne, obviously, you know, uh, lots of different sounds over the years. Had a so, you know, has had a solo career. Um, his Broadway show, uh, rave reviews. Um, but then in 1981, uh, Tina Weymouth and Chris France, who are married, um, and I believe Tina Weymouth was the bass player, if I'm not mistaken, for Tom Tom Club. Uh, I'm sorry, for Tom Tom Club and Talking Heads, um, formed their own project and their own band called uh, the Tom Tom Club. And uh, again, very different musical styles, although Talking Heads, you know, sort of ran the gamut, everything from kind of just, you know, alternative and, and punk to kind of disco-y, um, maybe even some, some rockabilly stuff. So um, we're going to start out with a Talking Heads song, and then we'll go to a Tom Tom Club song. So the song that we're going to do by Talking Heads is called Road to Nowhere. Here you go. Well, we know where we See, and we're not. 
All right, there it is, Road to Nowhere by the Talking Heads. I mean, listen, they had, you know, a million hits, right? Uh, Burning Down the House, Psycho Killer, uh, Life During Wartime. Uh, I mean, just, you know, a lot. So I could have really, there's a lot to choose from, but uh, that's one of my favorites. So um, now we move to the Tom Tom Club. So we're going to play Genius of Love by the Tom Tom Club. Look, Tom Tom Club was not a huge commercial success. This next song I'm going to play, though, was massively popular in the 80s. Every club in New York City played it, and I'm sure probably all around the country. Uh, sampled and mixed into numerous hip-hop records over the course of the years. Uh, stolen slash sampled by uh, the atrocious Mariah Carey on her song Fantasy. Uh, I mean, just an absolute disservice to an otherwise phenomenal song. Um, but so, you know, they had sort of their moment in time. Um, they had all, another song called Genius, uh, no, Pleasure of Love. Um, and then they also had a song called Wordy Rapping Hood. Um, those were probably their three most uh, popular and successful songs. But from their debut album in 1991, here's a Tom Tom Club with Genius of Love.
Genius of Love by Tom Tom Club. You know, one of the uh, sort of innovations or sort of trailblazing things about that song is a lot of name checking of other bands. That was something that was not really done. You see it all the time in hip hop over the years. Um, Beastie Boys did it a ton as well, um, mentioning names of other groups. And in this one, it's quite a swath, right? You've got Smokey Robinson, you've got James Brown, you've got Sly and Robbie, who are a, a reggae uh, group. Bob Marley, obviously, the, the, the king, the godfather, if you will, of reggae. So uh, an interesting song and just, just a great dance track. I mean, I, I, I was just actually dancing <laughs> alone here myself in my living room uh, while, uh, while that track was playing. So uh, one of my faves of all time. All right, moving on. We are going to next go to The Clash, which, as uh, I think I've mentioned on the show before, their offshoot was big uh, dynamite when uh, Mick Jones, who was sort of the co-lead singer, I mean, Joe Strummer really kind of the lead, lead singer of The Clash, where then Mick Jones did sing some songs and was the lead guitarist, or one of the guitarists, I should say, uh, since Joe Strummer was also a great guitarist as well. Um, so we're going to go Clash first, and then we'll go Big Audio Dynamite second. You know, The Clash, a million, same thing. I mean, just you, you can't really go wrong. Um, so many different uh, tunes to play. Um, you know, it's, it's just so many. We're going to do, let's see here. Let's take a quick look and see what we want to do. Of course, the one that I wanted to. Yeah, all right. We're going to do... Uh, clamp down. So this is song has some great memories for me. You know, again, one of the reasons I love to do a music show is because one of the greatest qualities that music has is it's so evocative, right? And I think for for all of us that that you know, if you're a super music fan or even if you're more of a casual fan, you know, certain songs can bring you right back to a specific place in a specific time. And every time I hear Clamp Down, it reminds me of a night in probably, I want to say, 1989 over winter break out on the Upper East Side at a bar called American Trash with my buddies John, uh, Johnny Turpak and Justin Rubin. 
listening to this on the, the jukebox, it feels like now we played it over and over again that night. Might have just been the one time, but the place was pretty was pretty uh, empty. So um, we kind of had the place all to ourselves because it was probably, you know, a weeknight uh, in the middle of the winter. And the only people there were probably kids home from college. <laughs> but in any event, uh, love this tune. Always brings back a good memory. Here it is, Clamp Down by The Clash.
All right, clamp down by the clash. So, yeah, you know, I mean, listen, that's a certainly a heavy Joe, Joe Strummer-led song, right? And so you'll hear Mick Jones now singing on Big O to Dynamite. But Mick Jones did sing a lot of songs. I mean, he sang Spanish Bombs and Lost in the Supermarket, which were both on uh, London Calling. Uh, should I Stay or Should I Go was Mick Jones. So, I mean, they were sort of co-lead singers. I mean, J- Joe Strummer definitely sang more songs overall than Mick Jones did. But um, And he also was the lead guitarist, and he also wrote uh, and co-wrote a lot of the songs in Clash. So, I mean, he was a, obviously an extremely major figure. Um, but then, yeah, in 1983, he, he uh, left the Clash to go out on his own to form Big Auto Dynamite, which, you know, there's certainly some some influences of the clash as well i mean look the clash punk band lots of reggae influences there you hear that those guitar chords in a lot of the clash songs heavy reggae influence same thing in the police as well andy summers there the guitarist um you know a lot of it as i said is uh, is intertwined so we've played medicine show on here before which is off their first album this is big audio dynamite uh love that song um but we played it a lot so we're not going to play that one um, today. Um, we are going to play, let's see, what would be a good big Audio Dynamite song to play? I mean, there's, again, they had, what, four albums? The uh, This is Big Audio Dynamite, number 10, Upping Street, uh, Tighten Up, Volume 88, and The Globe. And, you know, all of them. The Globe, obviously, played that before, too. Um, the song The Globe was, uh, was a huge hit. But um, let's see, what should we do here? Let's go with, all right, you know what? Let's go with Come On Every Beatbox off the uh, number 10 Upping Street. Here you go, Big Audio Dynamite. Sit tight and listen keenly while I play for you a brand new musical biscuit. I hope you realize you're playing a Listen, I'm a bitch in Spain.
Come on, every beatbox by Big Audio Dynamite off of the number 10 Upping Street song. All right, the next pair we're going to do is um, the jam and then the style council. So uh, the jam was uh, sort of a mod punk British band formed in the 70s by frontman Paul Weller. Um, and then he left that uh, band to, in the 80s to form a, a new band called the Style Council. And um, the music, uh, again, and in this instance, um, extremely different. 
So, um, you know, the, the jam, you know, all kinds of, uh, you know, sort of a kinks like sen uh, sensibility to the lyrics, right? A lot of sort of disillusionment with sort of the, uh, the, 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 the way things were in London, sort of the leadership, certainly of Margaret Thatcher. And by the way, a lot of, a lot of the alternative music that came out of uh, England and, and London and Manchester um, in uh, the 70s and 80s was driven by um, that, that same sentiment. Um, and so we're going to play a classic uh, song by The Jam here. Uh, if we can find it, yes, we can, um, called That's Entertainment. Here you go.
All right, so there it was. That's Entertainment by The Jam. So now we'll go over to the Style Council, which, so I mean, if you listen to the lyrics in that song, right, you can hear the sort of the, the, the biting sarcasm, right? Um, sort of sort of overall uh, uh, discontent with, uh, with the, the way things were at the time. Um, and now the Style Council is a completely different feel and vibe to it. Um, and... Um, I mean, they definitely have songs that are, are, are somewhat political. Um, certainly, uh, Walls Come Tumbling Down is definitely one of them. But I'm going to play something a little bit more upbeat. Here you go from the style. Excuse me. A little technical difficulty there. All right. Now we will get back on track with... Shout to the top by the Style Council.
the greatest hits the singular adventures of the style council shout to the top i think you can certainly uh, recognize the contrast and the differences between the jam and the style council you know that song in particular right much more clean sound certainly a uh, uh, that song at, at least anyway a, a more positive message uh almost had a bit of a, an abc spandau ballet feel to it um but in any event all right up next we are so we continue our theme here on our stroll through uh, quote-unquote spin-offs. Uh, we're going to start with the English Beat, um, who then, two of their members, um, Andy Cox and David Steele, uh, guitarist and bassist, left the English Beat to form with Roland Gift, uh, Fine Young Cannibals. So we'll start with an English Beat song, and then we'll switch over to Fine Young Cannibals song. You know, look, English beat Dave Wakeling and Rankin Roger. Sadly, Rankin Roger just passed away not too long ago. Dave Wakeling uh, still going strong. And, you know, in, 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 in England, they were just known as the beat. But in the United States, they became known to be the English beat. So uh, one of my favorite bands of all time, my man Justin Rubin uh, introduced me to these guys many, many moons ago, probably when we were about 18 years old. Um, and... Uh, you know, just absolutely uh, fell in love with them right from the start. Uh, just can't stop it. Special beat service. What is beat? Uh, what happened? Are there, f I think there are four main albums. Um, and, um, you know, uh, the song um, Save It For Later. Um, wait, am I thinking, is that the one? Hold on. Am I getting, uh, uh, yeah, Save It For Later was written by Pete Townsend. Um, special Beat Service, I'd say, is probably my uh, favorite album. Um, and we're going to play Rotating Head. Uh, if you remember, uh, this song is played in the scene in Ferris Bueller's Day Off where he's running through uh, the backyard, it's the various backyards in his neighborhood in, in, in order to try to beat uh, Rooney to his house and I guess his parents' home as well. Uh, John Hughes, who I believe directed Ferris Bueller's Day Off, or if he didn't direct it, he certainly had a, a lot to do with it. Um, all of the movies that he did, tremendous, tremendous soundtracks. He loved this kind of music. Uh, I mean, Pretty in Pink, uh, tremendous soundtrack um, as well. Um, but anyway, so we're going to play Rotating Head off the special Beat Service album. Here you go. <laughs> Yeah, friends in high places, no need to guess what he's got 
Rotating head off the special beat service by the English beat. You know, certainly the English beat, probably one of, if not the most uh, well-known and successful ska bands uh, out there. You know, ska, which was a uh, uh, an offshoot of, of reggae. Um, you know, you hear it, right? Same kind of, same thing in the guitar chords, but heavy, heavy horn influences, right? You've got trumpets, you've got various saxophones, right? You've got a alto sax, you've got a tenor sax. Uh, just, I love that. Just love it. Love it. I mean, what a unique, unique sound that is. So, as we said, uh, the English Beat actually, so after they broke up, Dave Wakeling and Ranking Roger went on to form General Public, which the song Tenderness is played at the end of Weird Science. Um, and by the way, John Hughes, of course, wrote and directed and produced uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Just a side note there. Um, let's see. I'm pretty sure... He had something to do with Weird Science as well, right? Let's see. I mean, he had to. It takes place in Illinois. Yeah, directed by John Hughes, of course. <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall. So, yeah. Um, so, the song Tenderness, which was by the band um, General Public, which was Dave Wakeling and Rankin Roger from English Beat, um, is in that. So, I mean, again, if, if, you, if you like this kind of music, 
any soundtrack from a John Hughes movie, you, you will find a bunch of these songs on any of them, uh, on all of them. Um, so they went on to form General Public. As I said before, Andy Steele and David Cox left to form a band called Fine Young Cannibals with Roland Gift. And um, they were, you know, real popular. They had the two huge albums. Um, the first album was just called uh, Fine Young Cannibals. And let's see if we can find it here. Uh, anybody ever notice, by the way, when you try to find um, songs in iTunes, um, when you look it up, like it never gives you, like if you hit F, you think you're hitting F, it gives you like I, songs with I. But anyway, first album, eponymous, titled Fine Young Cannibals, and then The Raw and The Cooked, which was the one that got them really popular. So Fine Young Cannibals' first album came out in 86. The Raw and The Cooked came out in 89. I remember that album was an enormous hit when uh, I was in college, and She Drives Me Crazy being uh, the most famous and most popular song off that album played constantly. But we're not going to do that. We're going to do probably their next biggest hit was Johnny Come Home, which was off their um, first album. They also did a cover of Elvis's Suspicious Minds. But we are going to do my favorite song off their first album, Blue, by Fine Young Cannibals. Here it is.
Continue on with our spin-off uh, themed show here. Um, not going to play any songs, but one guy I got to give a little bit of a, uh, a nod to is uh, Vince Clark, who was part, was a founding member of Depeche Mode, founding member of Eurasia, and also uh, heavily involved in Yaz. So... Uh, he had a, a huge influence across three, um, you know, ex- wildly successful and popular bands from, from British alternative rock. So I've got to throw a little shout out to him. And then there was a little known band uh, called Rockpile. Um, they had one hit. It was called Teacher, Teacher. Not a bad song. Pretty good. Uh, it was okay. But um, kind of a rockabilly sound to it. But the big deal about that band was it had both Dave Edmonds and Nick Lowe in it. And um, Dave Edmonds had a, a semi-hit of his own called uh, Girls Talk. And we're going to play that. And then we're going to get into Nick Lowe after that. Um, you know, Nick Lowe, again, wasn't a huge, wild uh, success here in the States. Uh, his biggest hit was Cruel to Be Kind, which is uh, a tremendous song as well. Um we're actually, of course, in keeping with my theme here, we're not going to play that. We're going to play a different one. But here you go. Here's a perfect example. I'm trying to get to the D's in my playlist here, in my artist list. And, of course, it, gave, it brought me to F while I, was in, uh, <laughs> while I was in iTunes. But in any event, here is Girls Talk by Dave Edmonds.
again, Girls Talk by Dave Edmonds. So we're going to move on to Nick Lowe, again, the other member uh, of Rockpile that went on to have uh, a bit of a successful career on his own. And as I said, Cruel to Be Kind was his biggest uh, hit, and his song I, I certainly love. But we are going to play a different song, and it's called I Love the Sound of Breaking Glass. I love the sound of breaking glass Nick Lowe with Breaking Glass. So as we trudge along here, I see we're uh, well over an hour. I mean, I, I, there's just there's so many artists uh, that fall into this category. Uh, we're going to switch it up a little bit here. It's not necessarily a spinoff, although it kind of is. Um, 
So Bandit came out in, I want to say it was probably 89 or 90. Well, we'll, we'll find it in a second. Um, and they would be sort of, they were kind of the super group, if you will, of British alternative rock, sort of the cream of their day, right? Remember Cream from, I guess, what was the 60s, Clapton, Ginger Baker, and Jack Bruce. Uh, this would be Electronic, which was uh, Bernard Sumner from New Order, uh, Johnny Marr from The Smiths, and Neil Tennant, uh, lead singer from The Pet Shop Boys. Um, so uh, they came out with an album. Let me see. What was the year? 1991. Uh, Love the album. The We actually, in, in, in going away from... Uh, what we've been doing, we are going to play sort of the the song that I guess was kind of the the biggest hit off the album because again this song was probably not widely popular anyway. Um, but I love the entire album. But we are going to play "Getting Away with It" by Electronic. Trying to impress that more is less and repressed. 
Getting away with it by electronic. You know, it's funny <laughs> what I noticed when listening to that song. And listen, as I said earlier in the show, I mean, New Order, top five favorite bands of all time. Love them. But to be fair, Neil Tennant from the Pet Shop Boys, much better voice than Bernard Sumner. I don't know how. I mean, that's a great song. I love it. I mean, the harmonies between Neil Tennant and, 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 and Sumner are, are great there. Um, but I mean, if you, if you listen to that song, you hear, I mean, it's not even, I mean, Bernard Sumner sings the beginning. He basically dominates the song, but when Neil Tennant comes in, I mean, the song sounds better. And I mean, he just, he just has a better voice. I mean, it's, you know, just objectively speaking, I mean, love them both. Uh, but definitely had, uh, definitely has a better voice. And then you hear, you know, that, that, that guitar break there about, uh, you know, three quarters of the way into the song. I mean, it's just classic Johnny Moore. All right, that is going to do it for this week's show. Uh, as always, thanks for listening. Be well, be safe, stay indoors, stop the spread. Until next time, peace out.